Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 275. No worries. Everything is just fine. You don't have to worry about any technical difficulties at all. The podcast overlords are right here with you. <laughs> I say that as I was experiencing technical difficulties. <laughs> but that was that was planned, scripted, and then my system started beeping at me. And said, oh, I want to add libit. <laughs> Curl system, go. <laughs> hey, Julius. How are you doing? Hello, Albert. I'm doing quite well. Sometimes I feel like uh, I'm definitely going through a game of So You've Been Eating in real life, just trying to get out the other end. <laughs> but uh, we're making it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally get it. It's been one of those weeks, as, as they say. Months. Months. Oh, yeah. For you, it's been more than a week, hasn't it? Uh, it was all fine up until about the end of 2019, and then just started going downhill <laughs> slowly. It's kind, it's kind of I, true. Kind, yeah, absolutely. But we're here to talk about the wonderful world of board gaming. Always here to give us solace and good times when we're beset by bad. Yes, escape the real world and and go find something better in a world of. So you've been eaten in a horrible world that is trying to eat us. Uh, we we get to fight back by ripping it a new one. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. So yes, today's game. So you've been eating. It is a zero to two player game according to the box. Yes. Of, uh, it's a sci-fi game where where you're a miner, you're mining for gems, and you just happen to mine them inside of a monster's stomach. Or yes, a giant space worm. Yep. You jump in. You get all the gems you can, and you go out the other end. Yeah. This game is designed by Scott Alms and the artist by Quanchai Moria, which I guess I really like the art for this game. It I is beautiful. Yeah. I didn't know anything else by this designer. So I haven't heard the name before, honestly. So I decided to look it up and I'm surprised how many games he has designed art for and how many of them I actually already do know or possibly have. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Quite a few. Under Falling Skies, Flip Ships, Catacombs. And I am sure there's more, but th those are three that come to mind right off. I like his art in every one of these games. They're, they're all really well done, really nice looking games. So. so you've decided to start talking straight about the components then and skip all the rest of our order. I started talking about the artwork, not the components. Usually we do that as part of components. Yeah, maybe so. Okay, so let's talk about um, components. Should we do an overview? Yeah, let's do an overview. Okay, so overview time. Uh, and so you've been eaten. The game is nominally made for two players where it is an asymmetric game. So one player is going to be playing as the beast and one player is going to be playing as the miner. As the miner, you are rolling dice and allocating them to one of various actions. And you are using those dice to be able to explore deeper and deeper into the digestive tract of the beast your goal is to harvest all eight crystals from the beast if you do so you have authorization to use the company supplied jetpack to jetpack yourself out of the digestive tract thus saving yourself fail to collect all all eight crystals and you're likely to get digested out the other end uh, as the beast, if you're playing as the beast, your goal is to rid yourself of this horrible thing that is giving you a stomach. What you're going to be doing is you're going to be playing cards to the digestive tract, which will all contain either some tools or some gems or, most helpfully, some bacteria. You're going to be trying to use those bacteria to eat away at the 
horrible miner that's messing with your insides and hopefully play some extra cards for extra abilities out using those bacteria and those gems. Uh, your goal is to either completely devour the miner or if the miner manages to get out to have scored enough points against the miner to be able to take the win for the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Tell him I told you so or take that. Something like that. Yes. When you're playing solo, there is a robot type system that works for both of them. There's two different types of robots that come into the game. So there is a hibernating beast and a robot miner. And you have the ability to play against either one of those. Depending on which side you're playing, you're almost playing an entirely different game. If you want, you can set up robot versus robot and watch the two of them go at it. And yes, I did do this. Oh no, did you? (laughs) Yes, I did. Uh, You can watch them go at it. And uh, it's more funny that you can than it has any purpose. But you can. You can watch them go at it. And uh, yeah, that's why it's a zero player game. But yes, you can play one player on either side of those, whether you prefer to play beast or play minor. Mm -hmm. Couple comments. In in my mind, you don't play the beast. You play as as its intestines, which doesn't change any of the mechanics, but I think makes the theme a little bit more interesting. You're weird. (laughs) Yeah, it it just I just find it works. It makes more sense. I mean, the beast can't control its intestines. It can't decide. What's going where and which? Yeah, but I've never to... heard when you play as intestines either. The intestines are not normally, you know, nope. alive and capable of rational thought. That's okay. It's still more interesting. Sure, <laughs> whatever, whatever gives you more interestingness. So there we go. That's that's the uh, that's the setup of the game. The summary. The... So now we can talk about components. Okay, so let's jump to components. So this game comes in a small box and it has a fair bit of components in it. It's it's a pretty full box. I and want to start off before you continue to talk about what's in the components. There are two different types of boxes. There's a deluxe box that came with the Kickstarter and it was available in various different places that oh. has a bigger box and some extra components. And then there's the regular retail box. So I'm going to let you continue talking about maybe the retail box and then I'll talk about some of the changes and th- my thoughts about those differences. Well, Oh, you know, I don't know which version I have necessarily. I bought it at my friend's local game store, but they do carry Kickstarter stuff, so it's possible I have a Kickstarter edition. I don't know. I will tell you what I have, though, and you can tell me what I what I have. Go for it. Um, so like I said, it's a box. It's a smallish box. It's about the size, and maybe like the already nixes. It's about the size of, say, uh, one of the small Ticket to Ride games or one of the Cosmos 2-player games or maybe the um, Agricola All Creatures Great and Small. That eight by eight inches, I believe, is the right size. In it, when you open it up, you're going to find a number of things. You're going to find a board that comes in two parts. It's a puzzle fit kind of board. If it's actually like four segments together, two of them say, it comes in four parts. Them, four parts, but two of them are attached to each other already. So there's only one puzzle piece you got to put together. Uh, it brings dice. It brings three dice for the robot miner and one die for the sleeping beast or intestine. It brings a bunch of counters to represent the gems you're finding, but it also brings plastic gems. They're the same exact gems, just in in fancy-looking plastic, which is really neat. I'm surprised they had both, but there you go. A couple other counters that you're going to put on the board, depending on who you're playing as and whatnot, and a couple decks of cards. One deck of the cards represent the intestines, or you, and you're going to shuffle them and lay them out on the board so each time you play the, the bacteria and things that are in the intestines show up in different orders. And the other deck of cards 
I forget what they're called, but these are things that the monster has that could hurt the miner. Different forms of attacks and things it could do. Stuff just to frustrate the miner. I believe it's its autoimmune system kicking in. That is all the components. Everything and then a couple rule books. Two of them. A, a normal rule book and the solo rule book. Yes. Everything in this game looks really nice. The box itself, the art is great. The inside of the box, the inside of the box lid, all have artwork that looks nice. The rule book, the boards I think look really nice. Um, on both sides, the boards are double-sided. There's two pieces because the left board is the monster, the right board is the miner, and you flip it over depending on whether you have a robot or a human, or whether you're playing the AI on one side or the, the, the character. So you could flip each half independently. And um, all the all the bits look nice. Everything's just really well done, really thematic, great graphic design. There we go. I think I think that's everything about the components that I need to say. Okay. The, the, well, I'll give you a complaint. The puzzle board. I don't like that it's a puzzle board because as you play, sometimes you're sliding the intestines over from one side to the other and they keep hanging on the center of that puzzle piece. I wish it was not a puzzle fit. I wish it was just two separate boards that you could slide them across. Because you get like caught the, the pieces on the puzzle board, you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. And taking it apart, every time you take it apart to put it away, the that puzzle piece, is start, the glue is starting to come off, sort of, and, mm. and the the top layer with the art is coming off the board mm. at the puzzle. So, I mean, it's not a huge complaint, but there you go. I, I dislike that about it. So, Albert. So, it sounds like you've got the basic retail edition Aha! of it. Okay. There is a collector's edition, which is the edition that I have. Um, oh. One interesting thing that you have is you said you have the plastic gemstones. Yes. Like they're acrylic with them printed underneath. There's no cardboard for the yes. gemstones. There's cardboard gemstones and there's plastic gemstones in my box. Oh, have... you have cardboard gemstones and the plastic ones. Yes. So I could choose which I use. And honestly, I think the cardboard ones are easier to view. So I've switched over to those. I actually agree with you. Um, I wish I had the, the cardboard ones. Ours only have the plastic ones because they thought that that was better. I'm not sure I agree, and I'm with you on that one. Mm -hmm. But And the only reason ahead. they're not better, I'm going to say, is because of the color. Because sometimes when you're looking at the gems, it's hard to tell if it's green or, or, or if it's orange or, or yellow or red. Well, the they're only ones I, I have issues with is the black and the purple. Ah, okay. Yeah, those, those two. I find those. And you, if you, you're able to tell if you look closely and look at the shape, because you, they each have a different picture and different shape, you figure yes. it out. But it, it takes a little bit of effort. Yeah. Um, I would love to have, you know, two copies of them, frankly, because there's two copies of the deck. But we only have the plastic mm -hmm. ones. So our cardboard is much more limited for a couple reasons. Um, we also do not have cardboard bacteria tiles. Those are made out of wood in our version. Oh. Uh so we do mine, not. Yes. Yours is wood as well. Yes. Okay, but you probably also have a cardboard one. Um. Yeah, I have cardboard bacteria and wood bacteria. Yeah, we only have the wood ones. It was supposed to be that we got the wood ones and not the cardboard ones, and you guys got the cardboard and not the wood. But I'm happy to know that they gave you good stuff. Mm -hmm. We also have. So you have these little tiles that are used to block off the upgrades that the miner uses. Yep. We have some extra plastic acrylic ones. Ooh, okay. That are these red see-through things, which are pretty nice. I do like those. Um, 
we also have a wood uh, robot miner t- uh, token instead of the tile that is in yours. Mm-hmm. But the upgrade that I think that, oh, there's another upgrade that we have nice dice. Actually, you may have nice dice, but they're not plain black ones. They're these sparkly looking ones. And there's a cool beast die with a green and purple type thing for it. Okay. my Yeah, my black dice are plain. I think they're just black. The beast eye is clear acrylic with with a blue shimmer in it. That to me looks like it might be stomach acid or something. That yeah. looks like stomach acid. Ours, ours has this beast theme to it. And mm-hmm. it's supposed to look shiny and cool. So the upgrade that I think you're going to like the most is that they redid how those how the board works. So instead of having it be two that are flip... Um, instead, it's four separate pieces. All of them connect with puzzle pieces. And each side is double layer, which means that it's actually a triple layer. Okay. So there's spots for the cards. There's a little well for the way the cards go. There's spots for mm-hmm. where the dice go and where the upgrades go and where the bacteria is. So that's all double layer, technically triple layered. And in order to solve... And in order to solve the problem that you have of the dice sticking on the puzzle piece, there's a paper inlay that you set into the well so that it covers over the puzzle pieces and makes it all nice and smooth. Wow, okay. (laughs) It is fancy. Yes. That is a fancy big plus that is much nicer using this version than the other version. I wish that we also had the cardboard gems, but the premium edition had that. That board is mm-hmm. is pretty nice. We also have three tech deck boxes that are used for storage, which you don't really need. Yeah, but the premium board is a very nice perk. I've seen pictures of the Kickstarter edition now. Yeah, okay. Wait a second. There's also a dice tray. Oh, there is also a dice tray that comes with it. That is true. Yes, you're right. Neat. Okay. It's a I dice like tower technically for rolling it. It has yeah, no yeah, real dice use. tower. Yeah. It's so fun though. It keeps the dice from wandering away. It does <laughs> for the whole two seconds that they're in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, because you roll because well, and we'll get that into when we get the gameplay, but you do move the dice around and put them on your board. That is accurate. Okay, so components are neat. There's two different editions. And honestly, it sounds like you really can't go wrong whichever edition you get. They're both, they both have nice stuff. All right, Albert, shall we talk about the rules then? Let's do that. What did you think about the rules? I I love the design of the rules and I love the layout of the rules. It, they look great. They're fun to read because of the way it's written. It's sort of done as if you're actually a miner that has been hired to do this work and you kind of breathe through what's going to happen to you. And there's all and sorts of jokes really in it about yes. the fact that the, essentially the company is really doesn't care at all about you. And Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I mean the, the fact that there, there's a, um, that there is an escape equipment that you could use, but only if you get all eight gems kind of <laughs> gives that away. Like it's not that they care about you. It's that you've earned enough money that your life is worth saving now. <laughs> but so yes, yeah, so I really like that, and it's laid out well in that it's it's not like confusing to read it, and where you mix the rules with the flavor text, all that is is well 
graphically laid out so you could tell what's flavor text versus rules. And I really like that. I didn't so much enjoy figuring out the game from the rules, though. I found that kind of confusing. Why? I, I found the rules just... They didn't feel like they were explained clearer. I had to go through and read stuff and then kind of step back and and whatnot. And so it's, I'm not talking about the normal issue I usually have, that there's a separate rule where for the solo play. oh, go do the normal two-player game, but do this separately. No, they did a good job with that, I think. There's okay. there's the minor rules and there's the monster rules. And then the solo book says, if you're doing the, the robot minor, change these things for the minor step. If you're sure. doing the other one, change these things. And I thought that worked out pretty well. There's still a fair bit of flipping back and forth between the books, but that wasn't a problem. The problem is just the, I don't know, the way it was worded, I just did not find clear. It took me a couple of reads of stuff to get, get through that. Did you try and learn both the minor and the beast at the same time? No, my first, my first game was against the sleeping beast. Okay. Yeah. Same for me. And, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even figuring out the flow from one to the other. It's just figuring out one, how the minor works and what the minor is supposed to do. I, I don't know. I did not find that easy to, to intuit from the rules for whatever hmm. reason. Maybe it didn't do a good job for me of explaining the overall point of the game. And so I was kind of lost and I had to figure it out from the mechanics. I think that that was kind of what it felt like. Um, but besides that, once you learn it, it's an easy game. It, it's not bad. Um, you're able to play it quickly. I do find I have to reference the rule books a lot, which is kind of annoying, especially for the the miners board. Figuring out what your actions are can be tricky. Um, that can be tricky. It's just that the the board doesn't explain it clearly at least if and i guess once you've played it more it's easy enough to remember there's only like six different actions but at first i'm constantly going back to the rule book to figure out what the actions are and the way the actions are done they're shown on a on a page that looks like the miner's computer on the board and you got to go and read the text next to each section you know it's a small paragraph so I'm constantly flipping over to that and sometimes flipping over to the solo rules to then figure out what the robot or the sleeping monster has to do on his turn or by the same token, what the robot miner has to do with their actions mean. Because there's icons on the board, but they aren't always clear at first. That would I would say I found it more confusing for the miner with a sleeping monster than for the monster with a robot miner. I found that rule more clear maybe it's because i played that one second so i already kind of understood the game some i don't know that was my impressions of the rules though it's they're really well done they're a pleasure to read but they're a little hard to go through and you are constantly going back and forth between the two rule, rule books because of the way it's set up um where you need the the active player rules from one book and the solo rules from the other book. I do wonder why don't they just, it's not that big a book. Why don't they just make it one thicker book? Is that more expensive or something? Or is there a benefit to having? I think it's because two separate books? they know that the people who are trying to get a solo game want the solo stuff, but there's enough people out there who aren't at all interested in the solo stuff and having an extra rule book might be confusing for them would be my guess. Maybe yeah, I guess I I don't imagine it's a cost issue. Maybe it's so. maybe it's out of habit. You always make the sep- the solo rules a separate book now. But I don't think I found the solo. I don't think I found the rules to be difficult for me. I, don't, I think that was probably okay. clear. I was able to understand it. I was able to proceed through it. 
I think I got it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I got it. I understood it. I thought the rules were fine. And I thought it was playful, cheerful, and I liked the way they organized it and mm-hmm. went through everything. I think perhaps the only confusing part for me is just the names of some of the actions. I know that, and this is possibly a comment yeah. for the components, is that some of the cards referenced by Icon, things like stun or eliminate or capture, and I wish that it also just written that in English as well. But. Yes, and that, that's, why, that's why I said I had to keep referencing the rule because it's those... Those icons are not always clear. Not at first. But again, there, there's not many, so it doesn't take long there's to, three. <laughs> to figure them out. Yeah. The, I did find the rules confusing, and maybe you know the answer here, when playing as the monster against a sleeping miner. Sure. It was not... The rules explain what the monster does, and then what you do as a monster, and then what the, the robot miner does. And it was not clear to me if that meant as the monster is supposed to go first, or... Or like normal, minor always goes first. the minor goes first. Yeah, minor mm-hmm. always goes first. Okay, so so the rules made it look well. It didn't say one way or the other, but explain the the monsters' rules first when you're playing the monster against the robot. And so I wasn't sure which way I was supposed to do it in that case, and I tried them both ways because I don't know. And minor complained there, but yeah, I, I did find I that. I hear you, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that the the minor goes first, just like normal. Anyway, that's the rules. the The theme we've talked about the. I think we've covered we the theme. Well, we talked about the theme. Yeah, we talked about the theme. It's it's very well done. You know, if we haven't figured out from everything we've said about the components and rules, it's very well done. So let's move on to some gameplay. Gameplay. Okay, so this is you know when you're a solo player, we're talking about two different games here, right? There's a minor game three games. and a monster. Three. Four games. I'm not. I'm not going to count three. <laughs> They're just two games because I'm not going to play the computer against itself and just sit back and watch. I mean, I think that the, well, I think it's three is because there's the regular one V one and there's my, there's minor awake and there's beast awake. But really, mm-hmm. I think it's all just, you're either playing as the minor or the beast. And sometimes you're playing, it's a solo player. And sometimes you're playing against a regular person. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Okay. That, I agree with that. I really like that they have AIs for both both sides in the in this type of game. Yes, that's really nice because a lot of times they'll just they'll just make an AI for one side and leave it at that. So you can play solo as long as you play as you know this faction and never try the other faction. And here they let you let you do either way that you like. I mean, and, and I, it works really well because they're so different. And I will say that I think that it was even a comment I was just saying is that sometimes it feels like you're just playing against a regular human opponent. It doesn't feel like you're playing against a robot any more than the fact that you just have to deal with it. It's integrated so well on sort of the half to your side, half to that side that it, it flows smoothly that you could just play the game how it is that almost you would normally play the game. Mm-hmm. Yep, I will say I have not played a two player, so I find it hard to compare. You have, I guess. Yes, my my kids really enjoy this one too. Okay. So we have certainly played some two player games about. So so let's describe the gameplay a little bit. I think we kind of did right. Initially, you have the board that represents ha- the intestines of the monster, and there's seven spaces. Uh-huh. You're going to play seven cards on that board. Each of the cards has a bacteria on it. There's four different types of bacteria: red bacteria, green, yellow, and blue similar to the pandemic bacteria. Um, and they're on the other side of the, that, that's like the right half. The left half then has a, or may have something, may have either a gem, which is what the miner is trying to get, 
or it may have some uh, upgrades that the miner could collect. I assume people are throwing those upgrades out into the monster to eat and then flowing down through the monster's intestines where the miner could find them. You have the board set up with that, and that is the main part of the board. As the miner, the only part of the board you have is on the end is a little computer where you're going to place your dice. This is a an action selection kind of game where you're going to roll three dice and place a die on which action you want to take. So you get three actions each turn. And your actions are basically manipulating the intestine pieces, moving them around, which I think is really not simulating moving intestine bits around because that's not as realistic so much as pushing the gem that's in this piece back farther than up the intestine or pulling the uh, the upgrade that you want closer to yourself through the intestine. The, the miner on his turn will roll the three dice, choose the actions he wants to do. Generally, that's going to be removing intestine cards off the board, and he's hopefully gaining gems and or upgrades. And his turn is... Oh, and then he's going to get infected by a bacteria. Whichever card is closest to the miner's end, to the exit's end of the monster, will will infect the miner. And there's a little track with four different bacterias. You advance the, the matching color along the track. If it ever reaches the fourth space, the miner has been overcome by that disease and loses. On the monster's turn, the monster is then playing cards from his, he has cards in his hand and he's choosing what cards are coming up next for the miner in what order. So he's kind of playing a game there where he's trying to manipulate it. Depending on his choices, he's also going to be able to collect some of those immunity cards and play them against the miner. If the if the miner ever has five immunity cards, I think that's what they're called, out against him at the time, then the miner is overcome. Otherwise, these cards that are out that the monster has the monster or the monster's intestine has played tend to affect the miner in negative ways while they're available, while they're out. And the game is just going to go basically back and forth like this. The miner is removing cards. The monster is adding cards. Both of them trying to achieve their goal of of whatever their goal is. It's, <laughs> it's, they have different goals. Trying that to was stay a alive quick, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> both of them, that's right. They're both trying to stay alive. They've got the same goal. That, that's a pretty quick summary, I think. Uh, is there anything important that I left out? Um, one thing that I want to mention, and you probably left it out because it's missing when you're playing solo, is that there's sort of a guessing game when you're playing multiplayer that gets left out of the solo game. That as mm. the beast, you're trying to sort of predict what actions the miner is going to be playing, that you have to guess whether or not they're going to be uh, eaten by a specific type of bacteria. And if they do that, then you get to essentially do a free attack against them. When you're playing against the sleeping beast, it's uh, when you're playing against, excuse me, the sleeping miner, it's all random and you don't really know which way it's going to turn out. So you don't get mm-hmm. you don't get that extra thing. You don't get that extra guessing game. But I think that's possibly the only thing that I just feel like I like is missing that I wish I could have in the solo game because it's fun to sit there and sort of do a double thing. Like, is he going to do this or this and go, go like this way I'm so for bad that? It does. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm not saying I'm good at it, but it's fun to do it. <laughs> 
It's fun yeah. to do it depending on the stakes. And for this one, I enjoy doing it, and I'm, I miss it when I'm not playing with it. And and I did find myself trying to make that kind of decision also. Like, what do I think? What do I? Which bacteria do I think is going to infect the miner this time? But be, like you said, it's random, so the likelihood of picking right I think could be potentially lower because it's totally random based on die rolls. Yeah, I, I wish it was kind of like gambling or something. Person. Yeah, I don't know. I just okay. miss it. <laughs> <laughs> so there there we go that's that's the gameplay then it's pretty simple pretty straightforward mm-hmm. solo we've talked a fair bit about it there's two solo games depending on which is the robot um generally speaking the multiplayer rules are about exactly the same for for whichever side you're controlling the difference for the robot sides i guess um what are they when you're playing for the robot beast, so it's going to, instead of having a hand, it's just going to be flipping over off the top of the deck at building that one if it can. And if not, it's going to discard cards and do things automatically. And then you have a digestion die, which for us is this big old green die that you'll roll to figure out which random thing it is that the beast is going to do to mess around with its turn. And it's just trying to put out a bunch of stuff against you and, taxing your actions to be able to push you while you do that i think that the robot miner is much more complicated to play um when you're doing a robot miner she'll roll all three dice then organize them biggest to smallest and in hours stick them in little spots to show where it is that they're going to be used and then look down a list and be like, well, can I do this? If yes, do it. If no, then go to the next one and go down the whole list. So like it may say capture crystal or tool or bacteria. So you go down a list to see which one applies and then do that. And that all of that comes together to do randomness. Once you get the hang of just identify the list and most like where do the things go and how do you run it? It runs relatively, it runs very smoothly. But I mm-hmm. had to learn a time or two with the robot miner, whereas with the robot beast, I just jumped in and did it. Interesting. I think it was the other way around for me. It took me more tries with the robot beast to, to remember where the different actions are. Where with the robot miner, uh, I find it very easy to figure that one out. And, a- and it's fast because you look at the die, you see which card it is, and then you see what symbol is on, and you go down the track looking to see what shows up first for that. There's a thing on the board that shows you what the beast does. Yeah. Um, what what I found tricky was remembering the miner's actions on that little minor computer that's on his side of the board. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, just, just remember what each of the actions meant. So, yeah. the the Of the two solo games, I, I, I think I preferred the the gameplay as the monster. I found it really fun to be the monster. Albert, I we found are just it... full of contradictory opinions. Today. Really? See, <laughs> for the minor, I found it like, oh, it always felt like the choice was obvious what to do. And, and it, I just, you know, picked the obvious choice every time I did that, and it felt easy to win. Were you winning? Now, Grant, I have not played the game a ton of times. I've played it about half a dozen times, a couple, like, mostly as the miner and a few as the monster okay but it felt like my choices as the miner were always obvious pick the one that's the best which is generally you know going for those crystals and manipulating things so you could get all the different colored crystals 
I mean, did you try increasing the difficulty? No, I didn't get that far. I've not gotten that far yet. Okay. I mean, but I didn't find the choices as interesting. What is the, how do you increase the difficulty? What's, how does that work? So there's ways of increasing the difficulty. If you're working with a regular two player game, there's the screwed tiles, which are ways of adding bonuses to whichever side needs a bit of a handicap. If you're trying to increase the difficulty, um, with either the robot mind or the robot beast, again, there's a list of different things you can do. So for example, if you're working with the hibernating beast, um, you can instead say that when any bacteria reaches the second or the third level, so you lose an upgraded action. So you get an additional attack more often. And so that's an additional tax on your actions having to deal with another thing. So it makes the game more tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know that I would find that more interesting. I would hmm. still feel like it's going for the the obvious best choice. And I guess I might lose more often because it's more tight, but it I don't just, feel like my choices are going to become more interesting. I think for me, Not when even, I'm playing as the robot miner, it's looking at three dice and trying to logic out, well, if I do this mm-hmm. one with this one, then I still have this, and then I can do this, and then, ah, I have a solution to the problem. And okay. so I feel like that's where it often comes down to me is that I have those three things and they can all do a thing. And how can I use the most optimally to create a solution to the problem that's staring me in the face? Like when I get towards the end of the game, it's like, I absolutely need to do this and I need to do this and I'm trying to do this. Like, how do I balance all the things to get everything done? And so sometimes I'll be like, Oh, if I get a tool and then immediately use the tool to swap these two cards and then use this die to get the newly moved card and then go and attack one of the bonus cards that I managed to do everything I'm still having. I can go another turn. So mm-hmm. I went through all that too, but I did not find it as, as satisfying or as interesting for whatever reason. It for me that felt tedious, which is weird because you know, hearing you describe that that thought process, oh yeah, that sounds fun, but it didn't work out to be fun for me. I don't know. I <laughs> Which is, yeah, I don't know. But again, may, I need to play it more is probably what it is. Maybe. Or maybe not. Well, I, kind of, I found kind of it. not inclined to play a lot more. I found it enjoyable. And I'm always glad to hear that there's two different types of things that, mm-hmm. that we're liking. Because it's generally good to have two different opinions. But it's yes. very interesting how opposite we've been on this one. Um, yeah. And, yeah. You know. Opposite in our opinions and just opposite in what we have even. <laughs> yeah. The, so as the monster, I found the process of playing the monster more fun. I, I really enjoyed it, but it also was more random because my choices, like I found ma- the choices I, I made of picking at which order the, the, I was going to place the cards interesting, but then the minor being so random kind of also made it pointless. Why so? Like they're interesting choices that, did it matter how careful I was about it because random die rolls were going to determine what the monster did. So I could be like, it's like you said earlier, right? That, that you're missing that one part that the two player game has. I think mm. what it is, is I would enjoy the two player game. <laughs> All right, Albert, you versus me. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Just the solo game was not for me. I think is what is what's going on here. Huh? I don't know. What, so what do you think about the playing as the, the monster? So when I'm playing as the monster, what 
I find an issue again. I feel like I'm missing that one piece of guesswork mm-hmm. with that one. When I'm playing as the monster, usually for the when I'm playing against another player, the monster feels like it has the more obvious options to me because I find it very hard to predict what a real life other player is going to do with these things because Mm -hmm. I can sort them all out to be like, you're for sure going to kill the closest one because you don't want to be eaten by it. So that means you're going to go blue. And so that means I don't want to have the reds be all lined up and then I can use this power card. And then you just entire, and then the other player just entirely ignores it all and just deletes all my bonus cards. And then, yeah, lo and behold, they get eaten by red and, like all my plans just didn't do anything or they find another option that I didn't even see or who knows mm-hmm. what. So often I'll, I'll arrange everything meticulously and be like, Hey, here's the plan. And then they don't do the plan that I thought they would. do. <laughs> you're playing it all wrong. Try that again. Try it again. <laughs> Something like that. Yes. So I find that interesting. Um, and f- frustrating sometimes but i suppose frustrating in a good way playing two player i've definitely found it easier to win as the be- as the minor i think um and okay. more difficult to win as the beast that could be due to the nature of the opponents i'm playing or just due to my own gameplays playing solo beast because i've already talked about playing solo minor playing solo beast um it has a similar feeling like again you're playing with the random die rolls and quite often even though I hear the other person explaining the logic of their turn. It almost feels (laughs) random to me anyway. So playing with a random minor seems fine to me. There's a certain amount of predictability that they're going to automatically want to get a gemstone. So if you want to punish them, put a gemstone in a certain place and then they'll probably pick it up and then you're able to slide in other things or throw out multiple gemstones because they won't be able to get all the gemstones and you can push them through. It's like holding on to, until you can put out like six gemstones at once I found has been a, a good tactic against a robot miner when you can do it, for example. Um, mm-hmm. And then because you have the ability to accelerate the tract and then push them off real quick. So it's been useful to be able to do shenanigans like that against the miner when it comes up and when it's opportune and when you're willing to not put out some of the bonus cards. I keep calling them bonus. They're the immune response cards. Yes. Those cards. Yes. So, so yeah, I've, I've enjoyed playing as the beast. I, I think I prefer playing as the miner, but I enjoy playing as the beast. Okay. One, one other thing I was thinking about the miner is he does have a lot of choices to make each turn, right? Because you could choose the dice on, do you, do you want to pick up gems? Do you want to pick up tools? Do you want to get rid of cards to shift stuff around more quickly? That sort of thing. Those are interesting choices. There's also the, those immune response cards that you could choose to leave them there longer or get rid of them, depending on how, how bad you think they are at the time. So it's very tactical. Each turn you're making choices. Um not so strategic where you're, you're necessarily play, playing a long game. But it, again, to me, it felt like the choices were pretty obvious, at least for the first part of the game. Towards the end, the choices definitely felt more tight and more interesting. And and you had to play more carefully when you're running out of time and, and you're down to the last couple of gems and a wrong move, you know, 
you you missed your last chance for that yellow gem you needed, and there's no way you could win now. But the the first part of the game took a while for me. It, it felt slow. So overall, what were your thoughts on? Do you do you recommend it or not? I don't think I do. I don't think I recommend it for solo play. Hmm. I'd recommend it for multiplayer. I think <laughs> you recommend it for multiplayer without having played it multiplayer. Yeah, that's right. And I, I don't. I definitely wouldn't recommend it as zero player game. <laughs> yeah, I can't recommend it as a zero player game. I really don't know why I decided to do that, other than the fact that I wanted to claim on the podcast that I did it. <laughs> and now you could do that. Good job, Julius. Yeah. Even when I would do it, I felt silly. <laughs> yeah, right. I've got some of those coin games from GMT that are like that. There's four factions, and you could choose any faction to play, and there's bots for every other faction. And you could choose to set all the bots against each other and just do all the work. But that feels like work. I'd rather have choices to make in the game than to just sit there and move the pieces, I think. Yeah, I must have been really bored. Yeah. I mean, it'd be neat to try. Right? Just, I didn't want to for this game. <laughs> but yeah, I I definitely enjoy multiplayer. I think that there's a lot of fun asymmetry to the game, to the two different sides. Mm-hmm. The two sides work really differently. Sometimes with such heavily asymmetric games, I don't think that they've worked together very well. I don't think that's true for this one. I think that even though there's a lot of heavy asymmetry, they still flow together very well. The two ones play really nicely together with each other. And there's a lot of push and pull, so it doesn't really feel like either side is more powerful than the other. And there's a lot of tools that are involved in the game to try and tweak the difficulty a bit. If you think that one side is more powerful than the other, if you're getting better at one side than the other, so there's methods of pushing things one way or the other. And those are all good to help with replayability and things like that. Mm-hmm. In terms of playing the solo games, I really highly recommend it as a multiplayer game. And the solo game is very close to that. I think that the game is more fun to play with another player because this is because it's a face to face off type game. It's, it's a one V one game that plays really heavily on thinking about what the other player will do and sort of trying to anticipate them. And Mm -hmm. it's as opposed to like, there's a lot of multiplayer solitaire games that have a lot less direct player interaction. But this one, I feel like you're when you're playing multiplayer, you're really trying very hard to predict what the other person is doing. That being said, it's still a very fun game in solo. The solo version of the game is enjoyable to play. I like the theme and I like the components. Often those mean that as long that like when you have a good gameplay tied with good theme and good components, it creates a fun and enjoyable experience to play all together. So I enjoy that. Perhaps the only thing I don't enjoy is the slight cheating nature of the solo miner who has the ability to go <laughs> up and down the track and all of a sudden has a third way to win. <laughs> that oh yeah. Be my only negative. That the first game I played as the sleepy as the monster against the robot miner, I lost immediately before I ever got to take an action. I don't think that's possible. You did something wrong. Then I'm then I'm misunderstanding the rule, right? But like the one of the act one of the options was to to move if if you pick an upgrade, the that meeple moves closer to the the robot wins, right? And it starts two spaces away from if the robot wins. Three well, spaces. The first away. three space three. That I could not figure that out from the rules. What do you mean? There's a picture of where it goes. Yeah, there's a picture of where it goes and it's two spaces away. 
It's two spaces. Now my rule book is clearly two spaces away. No. It starts in the two star spot. Let me look at this again. Hang on. I got my rule book here. <laughs> yeah, it shows them putting it and there's one more space after it with one star and then another space where the where the minor wins. No, the minor wins is the other side, the one with the victory looking thing. He gets more and more stars and then he wins. You're going the wrong way. Ah, I'm going the wrong way. Okay, well, that does change things a lot then. That was not clear at all from the rule book. You know. To me. I mean, it says move the tile one space away from the robot wins. And it says the robot wins and has a little robot with like black lines on the right and left of it, which is supposed to be the icon on there. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Maybe that's not the most clear thing. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, okay. But you're going the wrong way. You're right. Okay, I see. Now I see it. You know why? <laughs> I've had the board upside down all this time. How? I've been. Ha- I always play with the uh, the minor on the right, and then the diagram. The minor is on the left, and I thought it was just some weird misprint. On the, I did not realize that. <laughs> well, that is interesting. That makes the game a little bit easier for me. Now I have a chance of actually winning. I just oh. may try it again. Well, oh, I don't know. Albert. I'm so glad we have this time together. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a fair bit of time trying to figure that out, and I could not make heads or tails of it. That's so funny. Well, anyway, as I was saying, I do enjoy the solo game, and I think it's a lot of fun. It's especially fun when you're playing the rules correctly. <laughs> that does help games a lot of times. Not always, but a lot of times. All right, Julius, I think we're done. All right, Albert, it's you and me. Let's get started on this game. I'll take mine or you'll take Beast. All right. <laughs> All right. Here okay, we bye go. Everyone. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.